Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. This is episode number 210. It's after midnight, so technically it's early Monday morning, but I am here with you recording to tell you about my Sunday yesterday and how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. And it was a day in which I had quite a few GPMs, or what I call God Presence Moments. And I'm grateful that you're here with me tonight as I come to you from my favorite spot, my screened-in, newly painted on the outside. My wife and I took that as a task that needed to be done for quite some time, but we painted, stained, sealed the outside of this uh, wooden deck screened in patio porch slash deck. And um, that's where I'm coming to you from tonight. So I'm grateful that you're here. Please go ahead and settle into wherever you're sitting and allow me to tell you about today. So there were some uh, really nice God presence moments today and include, especially one in the evening, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother who lives here locally with his family, had me over for dinner with my kids and his kids were there and there were some neighbors and it was just a really very, very nice meal and fellowship and time being together this evening. So that was definitely a God presence moment. I will say though that the God presence moment that stayed with me or struck me the most, because I've still been thinking about this, and I imagine I'll be thinking about this for some time to come, um, was the sermon that I heard this morning. And um, I'll try to kind of um, tell you a little bit about it, because I I think the questions that were raised by the homilist were really important ones, and ones that I think all of us might benefit from asking ourselves and maybe wrestling with at least a little bit. So um, the scripture, the gospel for today was the loaves and the fishes and uh, from John's gospel. And um, it also ends with Jesus walking on the water, which is kind of an interesting thing that John puts those two things together, the feeding of the 5,000, or maybe it's the 6,000, John, I I don't have it open in front of me, sorry about that, this incredible event, and then this very public event, because, you know, there were at least 6,000 witnesses, right? But also that gets juxtaposed, or or the next event which comes is this very private event of the disciples experiencing Jesus walking on the water and, and so forth. And the question that was raised today during the homily was, how big is your God? How big is my God? And I think this is a really, really important question because You know, there's God in the scripture and God in the church and God in the tradition and God in the world religions and God in the lives of the saints and so on and so on. And all of that is very, very important for me and for you and for everyone. It's important that we understand what the experience of God was as articulated by those different 
people and different groups across history. That's essential. Because certainly conclusions and generalities and very important insights and knowledge can be gained from all of that. That being said, each of us experiences God differently. Now, one might say that God is purely subjective then, you know, that each of us is just inventing God in our heads and God is whatever we want God to be. And I I understand that argument, which often is posed by atheists or agnostics. And I do understand that argument because it can seem that way sometimes. Yet there is another way of looking at that, that God is objective, an objective reality, but God comes to each of us in a subjective way that we're going to understand. You know, that's how language works, right? If you were going to go and let's say you knew a whole bunch of different languages, all right, and you were going to go and speak to someone, you would speak to them if you wanted to communicate with them in the language that they would understand. Or if it was a cultural issue, somebody was in a certain culture or a certain age group or a certain time period, if you were a time traveler, right, and you were going to go and speak to them, you would speak in a language in a way that they would understand. And not just that they would understand, but in a way that they would be most likely to respond to your speaking. Does that make sense? I, I, I hope it does, because I think that's fundamental. You know, it isn't God being subjectively like I am going to create God in my mind. No, God is subjectively, God is objective, God is God, but God is subjectively coming to me, speaking to me, helping me to see, giving me grace, healing me and forgiving me and challenging me and teaching me and so on and so on in ways that I'm going to understand. So in order for that to happen, though, it gets back to that first question. God has to be a very, very, one more very, very big God. God has to be bigger than anything that we can comprehend. And I think we often get into this sort of um, mindset that, you know, God is sort of like Superman times a million, right? That just take the most amazing, incredible human that we could imagine and just multiply that by a bunch and that's God. No, (laughs) that's not God. That is not God. Now, God, in the Christian tradition, we believe that God did become flesh. God emptied God's self out, like St. Paul says, taking the form of a servant or a slave, depending on your translation, and became human. So we do have Christ, Jesus the Christ, who gives us that image of, as they sort of say in the youth programs, God in a bod, right? But that is not the fullness of God. Jesus is fully God and fully human, but God is bigger even than the person of Jesus the Christ. God is not just the, um, the author of a play, so to speak, sitting there in the audience, the play being creation as it unfolds, but God is the, 
stage. God is the theater. God is the city and the town and the country and so forth in which that play takes place. So all of that takes place within God. And all of our lives take place within God. And that's a pretty big God. You know, I think, and the preacher this morning brought this up, that too often in our world today, we make God so small, so domesticated, as they say. A God that can fit into our own minds and our own, maybe our own group, our own culture, our own um, comfort zone. Yet God is so much bigger than that. You know, we often think that the world is so messed up and there's so many problems and there's so much sorrow and death and grief and grieving and, and, and so on and so on. And that is all true. Yet God is bigger than that. That's the fundamental belief that all of that, for whatever mysterious reason God allows today, all of that takes place within God. All of that. So again, how big is your God? And not just in your imagination, not just how you imagine or see God or how you experience God, but in a, in a, in a broader way. Does your God, does God encompass everything? Does God embrace everyone? Does God embrace all aspects of creation? Does God embrace your worst thing you could ever do or you have ever done? And those are hard questions. And, you know, our, our answers may say one thing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, God is the omni-God, right? Omnipotent and omnipresent. And I sometimes forget the third omni. It's not omnivorous. No, not at all. Uh, but the omni-God, right? But is even that trying to put words on that, is even that selling God short? And if we say all of those things, right, proclaim those and, and state those in a creed and write those and affirm those, but we don't live those, then what good are they? You know, if we say God is there, wherever there is, but God is not there, surely not God is not there, then is God really omnipresent? meaning God is everywhere. Or even worse, God is with those people, our people, of course, my people, but certainly not God is with those people. Ooh, not those ones. God is not there. They are God forsaken, right? But that's impossible if we believe in a truly, truly, truly big God so that was the God presence moment today, and it stuck with me. And it's something that I'm going to wrestle with and pray with and try to wrap not just my mind around, but my heart and my gut and my soul around. And to try to live that, to recognize wherever I go, whomever I see, whatever I experience, that God is there and that God is big enough to be there. Don't sell God short right? Whew. What a, what a message. What a challenge. So there's only one logical question to end this. And dear listener, I'm guessing you know what that question is because I've already asked it. How big 
is your God. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate your being here. Blessings and peace.